comic books, video games, television, and movies. In a world where the media has been dominated by superheroes and sci-fi, these barely Irish assholes must band together to make sense of it all. It's not news. It's... What's special about it this time? Well, let me tell you a little story. Exactly 50 episodes ago, I was joined on here by Mike to talk about the Halloween reboot, sequel, uh, requel film, and the Venom first film, and they both came out in October of 2018. So now, three years later, we're back to talk about the sequels to those movies, which, again, both came out in October. Isn't it kind of funny how things work in cycles? Both of them will be rebooted in 10 years. Yeah, probably. I wouldn't be surprised if... Like, I know the uh, CEO of Blumhouse said that after the current third one that he would be interested in doing more. And it's like, it's called ends. What do you mean more? Why would there be more? Just leave it alone. They'll give you another Thanksgiving movie to think about. Y yeah, make the Thanksgiving movie. <laughs> Thanksgiving. <laughs> White meat, dark That's meat. That's a month from now. I'll be carved. <laughs> yeah, that would be. I would like to see that. It'll be five years of that one too. Yeah, why not? Do that instead. Do Thanksgiving. You'll come home for the holidays in a body bag. But no more Halloween. They're not contracted to do more, so hopefully they won't. You know what? So they don't make any more. Uh, Watch this one, just just not not to skip ahead, but just to say it now. Watch this one, but don't watch the last one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I would say let's jump right into Halloween Kills. <laughs> so, I'm not sure where you want to start with this, but I, of course, have a bunch of notes that I uh, took down so I wouldn't forget what the hell I wanted to say. To start off with, so this one... Like the original Halloween 2, picks up literally right where the end of the last one leaves off. It takes place on the same night, and another similarity, Laurie Strode is, I guess, slight spoiler-ish. Uh, she's in the hospital the entire length of the film. And in the opening scene, you see fire coming out of the pumpkin's eye sockets, kind of like fire was coming yeah. out of um, Michael's eyes at the end of the original Halloween 2. I mean, another similarity is that, you know, this one also picks up in 1978. Ah, yeah, you're right. I, I did like that scene. I, I thought it was pretty believable. Like, like they, got, even the, they got the look of it right. Yeah, the lighting, everything just looks like, hey, this was 40 years ago. Yep. And another big surprise, Donald Pleasance. He yeah. makes an appearance somehow. I It did not look fake to me. It looked pretty good. Like, I wonder where they pulled the imagery from which movie i don't know deep fake technology man <laughs> it's advancing faster than we think i mean it's better than replacing him uh in in certain cases i would say it'd be better to replace like back when they did you know, off the top of my mind uh rogue one yeah and they tried to like recreate the appearance of um peter cushing for grand moff tarkin they could have just cast the you know somebody else like the guy they had to stand in for him he was fine and it's not like that's a big face character like a you know so well known that people would would think oh my gosh that character looks different no it's just some guy who blew up in the death star they didn't have yeah. to go through all that trouble i can't remember which halloween it is but they did have i'm pretty sure they had another actor play him and it was it just wasn't the same you thinking of the rob zombie ones where it was um malcolm mcdowell no i was thinking not H2O, uh, The Curse of Michael Myers, I think. 
It was still four. Donald Pleasance. I thought Donald Pleasance died at the end of four. No, he died right after filming six. Oh, uh, so he just looked really bad. Or, you know what? Know what? Um, he died at the end of two. He was in a gas explosion, but then he comes back in four. Oh, no, I meant the actor. Oh, no, no, no. He died after six. Oh, did he? Okay. Then he just did not look well. Yeah, I guess he wasn't because, well. <laughs> he died. Yeah. So, yeah, this movie kind of continues that trend of somehow referencing not just the original, but all the sequels, which uh, the last one did a bunch. And in this one, talking about Halloween 6 again, the uh, character Tommy comes back, but it's not Paul Rudd. And for a second, I thought it was when they were introducing him on that stage. And that scene, I'm like, wait, is Paul Rudd going to be in this? What? And then it wasn't him. I was like, oh, what was I thinking? <laughs> yeah, so overall, before I guess we get into the real detail of the plot, did you like this? You asked me right before we recorded. I said, yeah, yeah, I did like it. I don't know if I liked it more than the last one, but the thing is, is that this really feels like a part in a series, which it is. But what I mean by that is, the last one, if they just came out with that and then that was it, I would be fine yeah. with that. But this now, I feel like, oh no, that can't be the end. There's gotta be more. It feels more, uh, I don't know, sequel baity than the last did, which is intended because it's kind of like a part one of two, I don't know, two of three, because Halloween ends is supposed to come out the year after this one. Originally, it would have been this year, but since it was delayed, now it'll be next year. Yeah. So anyway, I mean, what, uh, did you like it? Uh, <laughs> so it felt like it was missing something and I'm not, I'm not entirely sure still what it was probably more focused on the actual, like, because it's a continuation of the first one, it feels like they intentionally left something out. Like you don't need to develop characters. You don't need to develop anything. Most of these characters are reoccurring. So it was like, okay, but it was the, the killing scenes it was fucking brutal and i loved it oh yeah yeah like just what he did to that kid at the end mm. <laughs> oh he was like oh no more pain for you yep but that last scene man that was uh that was oh my god fucking cheesy okay so <laughs> like the part where i knew all right this movie is not fucking around and neither is michael myers is when he comes out of the burning house and yeah. there's all the firefighters there but like the axes and the the I don't know, chainsaw, wheel saw, yeah. whatever that thing was. Yeah. And it just, it's like, like the end of the first Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle style. They take him on one on one at a time, which is stupid, but he just kills all of them one after one after one. And I was like, damn, he is not having it. Like that scene, like he was moving faster than you've ever seen him move before. Like when he tackled the guy that was living in his house. He fucking ran at him. Yep. I was like, Michael can run. <laughs> Very short distances. He just has a little quick charge attack. Short range. But then, you know, the the trained uh, first responders that have to go through physicals and everything and carry all this equipment, go through burning houses. No, they don't stand a chance against them. But some townies with fucking melee weapons do. Yeah, I don't know. It's weird the way it plays out. That girl cut her hand and she still shot him multiple times. Yep. And let's just get this out of the way right now. So, without a doubt, I I seem to remember when before the last one came out that they were saying that he would be mortal this time. But, uh, yeah, no. <laughs> he is um, with beyond the shadow of any sort of conceivable doubt. Who the shadow? Absolutely immortal now. Not invincible. He can be damaged, but... He, it's like he has a healing factor. He just gets up and that's it. Well, did you hear what Lo like Lori was discovering at the end? She was like, every time he kills, he gets stronger. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> What kind of fucking power-up bullshit is that? I guess they're trying to find a way to rationalize why he just can't die and he just keeps coming back. Because, you know, in other times, it would be he's damaged, but maybe there's the slightest inkling of a belief that okay maybe if he was that really tough or immune to pain that he could get up from it but in this one no he would have been dead six ways to sunday but he just keeps getting up so i guess they're trying to throw the explanation that 
okay, it's still something supernatural, but it's not like in the the Thorn trilogy with some kind of, I don't know, random curse or something. Although it might yeah. still be a curse because they're like, something about that room where he was looking out the window, there's just something evil there that took him over and anyone who stands there also knows it. And that's why they have Judy Greer go up and she's like, I'm obsessed with standing there to see what his sister saw or what Michael saw. Yeah, I'm not really sure what they're going for with that, but with the whole Lori monologue, I guess what it is is that she's saying there's evil in everyone. There's always the uh, the instinct to act out of fear and rage, and whenever somebody does so, whenever they feel those emotions and act on it, that it either gives him life or he's the physical manifestation of of that it's one of the two but it's kind of bullshit but i guess i understand it did you like the political undertones yeah you mean like the whole monsters on maple street thing (laughs) it's just a twilight zone episode now there's evil in everyone once we get them riled up they'll go so is this anti-vaxxers shit or is this like well at at its (laughs) basis or at base level it's mob mentality right like the whole chanting uh, evil dies tonight evil dies he dies tonight get him get him now he died it wasn't him i don't care why is the chubby short guy michael myers we know michael myers is like six foot three and pretty slim for an old guy i don't think anyone even saw him that's the thing it was just somebody said oh there he went and then they went chasing after him but no one uh, although i guess that one part where they're looking at him through the doors it's like yeah. hello hello anybody hello but they were just crazed. Maybe that's the secondary effect of Michael Myers. This is his second ability is like is like Palpatine with the the dark veil over the Jedi's ability to sense things. Is that he clouds everyone's judgment and just makes them act out of uh, like pure instinctual malice, kind of like he does, right? That's all he is. Is that he's just a base instinct of kill, kill, die. That's it. No rhyme or reason, no direction. It's just he's a, a big fat train, and if you're anywhere in his me- in his path, that's it. You're getting it. There's nothing that can stop it. Yeah. Yeah, so that was basically the whole theme of the movie, I guess. If you could say there was one, is that uh, mob mentality bad, and there's evil in all of us. Kind of like the opposite of what uh, <laughs> Aunt May told Spider-Man, right? When she said, there's a hero in all of us. I mean, look how well that worked out for her. Almost every fucking movie, she's getting attacked. <laughs> yeah, but that one part when she uh, hit Doc Ock in the face with the cane, she became hero. <laughs> or, or when she kicked to that banker guy in the shin. <laughs> ow! Oh, ow! Or slapped him when he tried to take a coin. <laughs> ow! <laughs> uh, I'm just trying to remember anything else about this movie besides, you know... The girl obviously having some kind of fucking mental disorder with wanting to kill, too. Which girl? Lori's granddaughter. The uh, the one that her mom and dad are now dead. Yeah, but what do you mean her wanting to kill, though? Like, they at the end of the first one, the 2018 movie, it seemed like, you know, with her staring down at the fire, like, she was... Po- I don't know. They made it seem like the imagery of, like, she's evil, too, or, like, she liked the killing or whatever. And then this one, she's like, I'm going to kill him. I'm going to kill him. I'm going to kill him. I think it's just a fixation, just like Lori has, is that she's passed down that. Or, because I thought the first one, the whole theme was kind of like about trauma passing from person to person and how it like affects everyone that it happens to. And not just them, but everyone around those who are initially affected. So, I felt that that was kind of indicating that it would continue on to further generations. And then in this movie, you basically see that, that it's... Now it's affecting everyone in the whole town, pretty much. Yeah. They're all out for blood. I mean, like, the daughter was saying in the hospital, like, she's he's coming to get you, Mom. He's coming to get you, Mom. Because, like, Lori believes that. But then the granddaughter was like, no, the psychiatrist brought her, brought him there. It was all his fault. Michael wasn't going for my grandmother. Somebody did say that. No, it was the, um, it was the cop who said that, wasn't it? Uh, no, she, like, they were both being interviewed at the same time. And the granddaughter was like... The psychiatrist brought them there, and then the mom was like, no, he came for my mom. Yeah, she did tell the the other cop that, but it was the one specifically who, uh, 
I actually thought was dead in the last one, but he's alive in this one. The um the one that was there, like he's the, who you see in the flashback. Yeah. At first, uh, he tells Laurie specifically that um that he wasn't actually coming for her. That it was the doctor who instigated the whole thing, pretty much. I mean, it was. Yeah, that guy was an asshole. <laughs> if he had just not done any of that. But it started with him because he's like, what is the evil? I have to understand. Now everyone's going to understand. Evil dies tonight. Another thing I thought is that the whole like, alternate name of him as the shape. I finally figured out what he is the shape of. Evil. The shape of evil. Square. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to... I don't know where the Mermaid and mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy reference was, but... No, it's Plankton who says that. I thought it was that. something. Was it? Yeah, it was the um, the Frycook Games episode when oh. him and Mr. Krabs are trying to hype SpongeBob and Patrick up, and then one of the things Plankton said is... is uh, oh, he says, he's not your friend. Just look, look at him. Square. Square. The shape of evil. <laughs> But uh, you have any other notes on that? Yeah, so I was, uh, I guess, pleasantly surprised that there was a few returning characters. Well, as we said, there's um, there's the daughter, there's the granddaughter. The boyfriend comes back of of the granddaughter. I wanted to see him get killed. Yeah. Well, I mean, gets... you got your wish. Yes, I did. So, like, brutally. <laughs> yep. Although I wish it kind of happened earlier, but hey, it's fine. Like, am I am I alone in this wanting to see how the dad died? Like, how he got shoved up in the attic like that? Yeah, I guess that would have been cool to see. But you can pretty much assume what happened. Like, they do that a lot in this series. Like, if you remember the babysitter from the last one, her boyfriend went up. But you don't see what happens to him until they find him, like, stuck to the wall, hung there with the knife through him. Oh, yeah. God, that babysitter was so fucking cute, too. Yeah, well, I guess she's a, a cute corpse now. <laughs> I don't know. There's a lot of cute corpses going around in the Haddonfield that night. <laughs> we also got to see the, uh, I don't, I'm not sure what to call her, the uh, the horny nurse <laughs> and, and her doctor husband. Oh, yeah. They have like a walk-on part in the last one. And I kept wondering, like, are those the parents or are those supposed to be the parents of the um? Oh, the yeah, black the kid? kid. But they actually mentioned him. He's not in it. But they mention him that they're his neighbors, I think. I was going to say, he's technically in, in the interview, but that's about... Oh, yeah, you're right. He, he Okay. All right. That's good. Uh, and they're like, that's that asshole kid. It's that awesome kid. I mean, I didn't remember the couple from the last one. So when I saw them, I was like, who the fuck are these people? Like, they're here to just get killed, aren't they? Yeah. And then they basically. did. <laughs> Everyone was there to get killed. Like every The only person Michael Myers didn't kill that movie... Was who? The nurse, the the doctor playing a nurse woman, because technically she killed herself. You're right. So that's the thing. Like, you could kind of analyze this movie for, I guess, political or sociological undertones, or whatever kind of message that it's trying to convey. But it still kind of is a big dumb slasher, right? Because everybody, absolutely everybody, acts stupid. They're like, okay, I'm going to go in alone to this dark house. Every, everybody, he's coming. Stay inside. You know, inside where he always stalks and kills everyone and is right around the corner. Go inside. You'll be safe there. Now, I'm going to go alone in the dark. And I don't worry, guys. You stay here. We all came in a group so that we could attack him as a group. But you know what? I'm going to go in alone. And uh, I'm dead. And, and you're dead. And we're all dead. Oh, yeah. Like, does no one think? Or anytime someone fires a gun, why do they not get him in the head? You should have gone for the head. Or at the very, very end, when they're all surrounding him, it's like, okay, do you have a shot left? Shoot him in the head. All right, you're going to stab him in the head now. Like, you know, the the, uh, the daughter, she's like, picks up the knife and I'm yeah. like, oh, okay, she's going to stick him right in the skull. Nope. In the no, back. in the back. C do something. Cut his head off. In the words of Shao Kahn. Finish him. Why did they never yeah. finish him? And now they lose. Fatality. But yeah, I thought that was funny to see. Like, that part at the end, and then with the firefighters where he's just... Especially at, at the end when he, like, 
slowly as they're surrounding him, they're like, we're going to kill you now so hard you're going to die to death. And then calmly he picks up his mask, puts it on, and he's like, all right, let's go. Let's do this. I'm ready. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, they just str- like they gave him enough time to reach down and get his mask. Like, that was basically just him saying, like, game on, motherfuckers. Yeah, exactly. And they're like, okay, yeah, we should definitely not run him over with our cars right now. Did he get hit by a car in this? Because he did in the last. I feel like he just keeps getting hit by cars. And then they just hesitate. No, he's not John Wick. <laughs> I mean, he basically is in this, isn't he? Uh, I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think it was probably the most brutal sequel of all. Maybe just under, um, if you count them, the Rob Zombie remakes, those were pretty brutal, yeah. but in a different way. Like, those are more in your face where, like, you just pick someone and keeps slamming them nonstop. Yeah. Just really angry. Whereas this feels like it's a lot more precise and surgical the way he does it. Although, I mean, he's still brutal with it. Wh- but, you know, it's not... As I was say... It's not as over the top, but still really intense. As I say, what he did to that old man in the house in the beginning, that was uh, that was just for fun, I'm pretty sure. What was that about? Was he, like, trying to pick out well, one like, that he liked and he, he kept, like, looking at the next one? Like, he grabbed the last one that he didn't stab the guy. I was like, why'd you put four knives in that guy and just walk away? Like, he's dead. I mean, I, I enjoyed what he did to that woman where he shoved the light through her neck. Mm-hmm. Because if you ask me on any other occasion, like, that light should have shattered like, he broke it so easily. Like, he drops it, it shatters, but he can penetrate the fucking neck with it. Well, I guess it is still glass, is it? I don't know. Yeah. What are fluorescent lights made out of? Uh, danger powder. Yeah. Well, whatever. He uses anything and everything as a weapon in this. And answer me this. Okay, I can believe that he's uh, some kind of evil manifestation that's f- fueled by people's hatred or whatever the hell. But how, why the hell is he a ninja? How does he make no sound moving around? And why is he like Batman where whenever he's out of sight, he just disappears? It's like he despawns like like a video game enemy. I don't know, but I wish he would have killed those fucking kids on the playground. Well, he got one of them. Yeah, but I mean, I wanted the other two dead too. They're assholes. What is it with his uh, penchant for posing corpses and putting and dressing them up? That was interesting, right? Like, I don't remember that one. From the old movies. Yeah, I don't either. I know in the last one, you know, of course he put the the sheet over the babysitter. And that one cop who was like, they investigated when uh, after, right after he killed the, uh, the doctor guy in the last one. So th- that cop's head, he took it, hollowed it out, and then like carved a jack-o'-lantern face and then like made a hole in the neck and shoved the guy's flashlight in there. And basically made it like a Halloween decoration. That was actually the probably the creepiest thing. I want to know where he got the mask for the for everyone he killed on the playground, including the old nurse and the the two new people. Oh, those are the masks that the kids had. Yeah, are they? Yeah, they dropped them. Well, I mean, oh yeah, the you're right. The skull away. one was there. Yeah, those were the ones from Halloween three. Yeah, that's right. I think they had the same ones in uh in the last one too. You saw the same masks. There's, there's all sorts of references happening here. Yeah. Yeah, overall, I'd say it was a fun watch. I did have fun while watching it. Um, Just watch it on Peacock and don't pay the theater for it. Well, I mean, if seeing it in the theater is cheaper, I would buy Peacock. I mean, I don't know. Everything's coming out on Peacock now. It's weird. Yeah, so all in all, uh, I'd recommend seeing this one, but don't see the next one so that they don't make any more. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say the streaming impact on all these franchises is going to, you know, eventually it's going to catch up to them and be like, well, are we sure they actually care about this movie or? You know, I wouldn't be surprised if after this point they do a series instead and it's just called Haddonfield and it's about the time between the original and the new one. Oh, but uh, I mean, since it is going to be the Halloween special, were you aware the Resident Evil movie was coming out in November before the trailer? Yeah, I didn't really pay much attention to it, but I kind of knew about it in the back of my mind. Like, I knew they were making the Netflix series or whatever, but I didn't know there was a new movie, and I kind of just... The Scream movie did more for me than the Resident Evil trailer. 
What was up with that song in the Resident Evil trailer? Why did they use that song that's like <laughs> that infamous He-Man meme? It's a, it's a cultural reference, and it will bring more people in to see our movie if we meme with them. But what does it have to do with Resident Evil? <laughs> I don't. I think it's like ironic. The happy song on top of the horror filled. It's like Mr. Sandman on top of Halloween 2. Mr. Sandman. Before we start talking about Venom 2, I did have some corrections I wanted to make from episode 32 when we last talked about the prior Halloween. I I wish they had called it something else other than just Halloween, because now you either have to say 2018 or just the last movie. Or the original, just clarify. Yeah. Anyway, when we were actually talking that episode, I was under the impression that within this continuity that Michael was still like her brother, basically because they say in Halloween 2 that the Myers family adopted her, I think. So he was like coming back to kill the final member of his family. It's not like that. That was just all, that was all retcon. There was no Halloween 2 continuity. In fact, they even make a point of saying in this one that it's not specifically you he's after. It's not that you're special. It's just he wants to return to that one spot in his house and anyone in his way at all, anyone who even looks at him funny, they're going to get knifed. That's it. <laughs> Fair. I talked about that because I, I rewatched both movies before I saw the sequels. Well, actually, I saw the first Venom after I saw this new one because, uh, quick spoiler, I actually liked Venom too. But we'll get to that. I mean, um, it's not hard to like it. It's harder to, um, you know, justify what they've done. <laughs> so, yeah, I went and rewatched the uh, the first Venom. And surprisingly, this time, I, I didn't think it was actually that bad. I think maybe I was a little hard on it when I first watched it because that was 2018. And I was like at the height of my Marvel fatigue because we yeah. were just getting out of um, Infinity War. Yeah, going into Endgame. And that had all the build-up, all those movies up to that point. So I was like, all right, this has to be the end. Come on. So I like, I did not want to see another origin kind of movie with a somewhat generic setup, although it's not as like bland as I, as I said it was. It, it's fine. It has its moments. And the CG was only noticeably iffy, I think, at that one part where Riot is trying to merge with Venom in slow-mo. It's just goop. It's just a pile of goop everywhere. The whole symbiotes are like spread out and you can just see Eddie and the other guy. Yeah, that was bad. Yeah. Um, I said it should have been darker in tone. So I actually was looking through old comics and I found that I have the full six part original run of the Venom comics. So I read them and the comic isn't that dark actually. It is about him going back to San Francisco, which was his hometown. There's the backstory that he was covering some kind of like a story about a serial killer, I think. And it turns out that the guy who he said it was, it wasn't him and it, t- and it was a hoax because Spider-Man captured the real killer and then that exposed him and then he was fired and that's why Eddie Brock hated Spider-Man. So they like briefly, briefly on the first one mentioned the, uh, the whole New York thing, like at the start of it. Yeah. But I mean, in that universe, it's probably not Peter Parker. It still could have been, if you think about it. Like, we don't know how long ago it was that that happened in the context of Venom. But we can't assume that it wasn't Spider-Man, because he seems really, not to spoil anything about 2, but I mean, he does, you know, seem a little bit uh, weird. I don't know, it doesn't feel like he's seen a Spider-Man before. Yeah, kind of. It's not like he says, that guy. It's just, hmm, that guy. And the main thing, I think, is the strength of these movies is the whole Eddie Venom thing. Like, it does get to a bit of a quick start, but the thing to note about symbiotes is that once they're on you, they start sharing your feelings and becoming more like you in terms of personality. Like, I actually uh, read this alternate Spider-Man Venom story where it was he kept the symbiote on longer and it became obsessed with saving everybody, but through, like nuclear option means it it ended up taking over Mr. Fantastic and using his mind to like 
I don't know, do something, make everyone symbiotes, because it's like, the world will be better this way, and that's what we have to do with our power, right, Peter? We have to, we have the responsibility to make life better. Uh, I can't remember if it was one of the Secret War spinoff stories or whatever it was, but there was one where Spidey kept wearing the symbiote, and, you know, eventually when the symbiote got pushed away, it was just a skeleton underneath. Yeah, you actually mentioned that exact thing in the last time we talked about this. Did I really? Yeah. Oh. I mean, they kind of lost that aspect from, like, the first one. Like, they mentioned that Eddie was feeding off, I mean, Venom was feeding off Eddie in the first one, but now suddenly it doesn't matter. But it does matter for the other people, like, everyone that he was jumping into. I think it still does matter because Venom keeps saying in the second one that he needs whatever material it is that uh, feeds him is in brains. And he's like, we have to eat brains. Yeah. And I think that's part of, like, why... Eddie Brock seems to be driven so nuts in the second one. It's not just that, but it's like he never has a moment <laughs> alone anymore. Like, imagine living with a roommate, but they're always literally up and in your ass and everywhere else. <laughs> I don't know, man. If if a roommate of mine brought two fucking chickens in there and then decided that they were, like, best friends, I'd be like, oh, you know what? Uh, maybe we shouldn't have these in an apartment in San Francisco. Yeah. Also, how the fuck do they get the bugle in San Fran, especially when it's a New York-based paper? Was it an actual newspaper he got there, or I, I thought they were pitching the Daily Bugle as like a website this time? Like clearly, it's it's uh, made to look like Infowars, so I guess more of a conspiracy theory online internet thing. Oh no, not th- uh, Patrick Mulligan is uh, reading the Daily Bugle when he's uh, like after Eddie found that body, ah, or found all that. Like Patrick was in there reading the Daily Bugle, and I was like, okay, oh, I mean, it's was it weird the National that- Edition. <laughs> I wonder if Jameson's in charge of their universes. I don't know. Was he his boss? Is that why he believes him in the end credits? Maybe. Who knows? But yeah, I guess this time, like, they bond over the shared feeling of rejection and failure. And then that's why eventually Venom's like, eh, you know what? Uh, I guess it's fine here. We'll, we'll send away the, uh, the or pre- prevent the rocket ship from going away, which I'm assuming in, in the first you see, like, a team of astronauts from the Life Foundation, which is in the original Venom comics. There is the Life Foundation in that with the with Venom's kids. Yeah, but they're not the ones who brought Venom to Earth. No, but but in this they are. I'm assuming that the asteroid that they mined where they got the symbiotes was like some kind of a scout ship or something from the symbiote homeworld. I mean, I wish they were doing it the other way where the symbiotes are, you know, the actual protectors and Venom was just kind of fucked up when he met Eddie, but I mean... However it works, I mean, we're making Venom the lethal protector from all these symbiotes, but... Yeah, and that was the name of the original story arc, was Lethal Protector. So, there's plenty of references that are nearly one-to-one, but of course, there's a bunch of differences. You mean, like, the rave? Yeah. Yeah, I guess what I'm saying in all of this is that I'm past the differences now. Like, okay, fine. Make a villain movie or anti-hero movie, whatever, because we had Joker, and that was fine, and... I guess this is fine. So, without further talk of the first one, Venom 2, what did you think overall? Uh, I mean, I enjoyed it. I I was ready for it for a long time. And, I mean, I'm pretty sure the end credit scene was the thing that you can take away most from this movie. Because a lot of it is spent on that uh, that love relationship between, like, uh, I can't... Andy Serkis was like, yeah, you know, this movie's about a love story between like three different parties, Venom and Eddie, uh, Venom and uh, Carnage and Eddie and Cletus and like all these different relationships and how they function. But I really feel like we didn't get enough of what they were trying to sell it as. Mm -hmm. Like we got plenty of Eddie and Venom fighting. We just didn't get plenty of like, hey, why does like I get why Cletus hates Eddie but at the same time, there was a lot more people for him to hate as much. And it didn't feel like it built up to where it should have built up to. It, and it was the shortest... It, like, going back, looking at Fantastic Four, the to- uh, Sam Raimi Spider-Mans, any of the old X-Men movies, in any of the MCU, Venom 2 is one of the shortest superhero films ever made. I actually like that about it, is that it was really short and not over two hours long, I was like, oh, oh, good. Everything wrapped up. But instead, 
Like, they could have developed Carnage, like, you know, as actual Carnage and not some kind of lovesick, deranged puppy. Yeah, well, the Carnage was Carnage, and but then Cletus Cassidy yeah. was something else. Like, they definitely <laughs> tried to give him, I don't know, some kind of uh, human motivation. Like, I know what CJ said, like, you know, we don't want the two-dimensional characters anymore, but that's... That's what Kalidus is. He's a fucking killer. That's all he is. There is no humanity in there. It's Carnage. He bonds with Carnage on a cellular level, and they don't even go, we, we, they just say, I, Uh, and they fucking kill. (laughs) Instead, it's like, we're not, we're not, we're not symbiotic with each other. We don't get along. Oh, no, look, Venom, they don't get along with each other. Let's go get them. Yeah, when I heard that, I was like, no, 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 no. Listen, listen. The whole thing about Carnage is they are one. You just broke that entirely. But, I, you know, for the purpose of how they played it out in the movie, it worked. It's just not what you would see in the comics. Though I did think it was interesting to have that whole uh, secondary character whose power is like the, the sonic screaming attacks. It's like What, Shriek? Yeah. Which, you know, Shriek is also the name of a Batman Beyond villain. Yeah. Yeah, so I was like, or I was thinking, okay, yeah, that's that's interesting. Have a non-symbiote villain who can actually damage them. That's fine. But I do agree that the weakest part of it was definitely the Eddie and Cletus relationship. Like, there was nothing there. It just seemed like somehow he knew about Eddie's backstory, which they're, they're also taking that from the comics, too, with how he basically his whole life is trying to get his father's attention because his father like pays no mind to him because he sort of blames him for his mother dying in childbirth. So it's like his whole life and he's trying to overachieve and everything just to be noticed. And that's actually one of the reasons why he has like such a huge physique is literally because he's like, if I lift weights and be big and strong, my daddy will notice me. Yeah. He doesn't have that aspect in the movies. But, you know, it's funny in the comics, they literally remark that he has an Olympic level strength and they use that to justify him like punching through some kind of energy cage and they're like oh no you should have turned up the voltage he's gonna punch right through and grab you because he's an olympian (laughs) and i was like i don't think that's how that works but all right so they almost touch on that with what cletus cassidy is saying to him in this but it's like other than that the only thing that connects him is that oh he's a reporter who got an interview and then he used what he found to, I guess, lo- locate all the bodies that he, he had hidden. Which I don't understand the time frame because, I mean, he was whatever, what, he was in a psych ward when he was a kid. Somehow they let him out. Or was he in an orphanage? Like, I, I don't get where he was. And then he's suddenly out and he's murdering and he gets caught. And they're all like, oh, no. Why was this deranged sociopath, you know, how could he kill? And how many people did he kill? Like... Did he kill only like three people or did he kill like a hundred? Like, I need to know how deranged he is. I'm guessing it was a bunch considering there was a whole area they were excavating. But then how does he hide them all there with no one knowing? I think he probably just chopped them up. Eh, yeah, who knows? I would have just chopped them up. It was all kind of brushed over, like the whole Cletus Cassidy backstory. I think, wasn't there like some kind of animated thing? Or, or yeah. it was like drawings where they're showing... Oh, like, I guess the explanation of why he's messed up to begin with. Like, I remember the one that's like, oh, I killed my mom, I did this, and then he is like, later on, he is like, no one ever said, like, I killed my mommy because they beat me and all this stuff. It's like, I don't care. Like, we, we've had enough sociopaths like that. Like, you're just supposed to be like, I kill because I f- love it. Yep. Yeah. I'm not crazy, but I am vengeful. Yeah, okay. I mean, I'm just glad that this... Again, spoiler alert for anyone that hasn't seen it in the last two weeks, but I'm glad this version of uh, Cletus is dead. I say this version because now we're in a, somewhere else where there could be another Cletus Cassidy, especially since Venom, you know, ate fucking Carnage. <laughs> like, who knows when that's going to spit out? So now that he ate him, does he gain all of the new, uh, all of like the, uh, I don't know, nutrition that carnage sucked up while biting people's heads off i don't know but i all i can feel is that a symbiote being eaten by another symbiote can't possibly end right there i like does that mean carnage becomes part of venom or i don't know 
Is that what drives Venom to villainy? It could be anything. <laughs> anything at all. I just feel like he's in a split again, and at, at this time, find the MCU, Cletus. What I thought was weird was how Carnage even happens. Like, Because he bites him? <laughs> you see, Yeah, you see him attack him while he's in the cell, and then he bites him. And then he eats a little piece of Venom. And then all of a sudden, a new entity is born. That's not how it works. It's supposed to be that there's like these seeds or something that they extract. Well, that's what they, the Life Foundation does in the in the comic version anyway. But Yeah, I was going to say, Carnage was just kind of a, a sexual offspring. Apparently, Carnage was the 900th and 99th of their symbiote line. And then Toxin, who, I mean, was referenced in this movie, but I don't think the end credit really, I mean, the end scene really points to that, is more like the 1,000th, thou- so he's supposed to be the stronger than Venom and Carnage. But again, Toxin's a good guy, so... You think that'll be the uh, the cop who you see at the end where he wakes up and there's something in his eyes? Yeah, but the thing is, his eyes are blue, just like Shriek's. But Shriek's eye that was blue was because she was blind. I'm pretty sure she took his vision from him, mm. and that's why his eyes are blue. Otherwise, there's no reason... She was only blind in one eye. Yeah, but it was blue because of, like... Like, that was the eye that was blue. The other eye was normal. Mm. Oh, I didn't even notice that. I thought they were just both, like, whitish or something. But, like, there's no possibility he got a symbiote because there was nothing touching him. Like, what, Carnage split at the last moment and gave birth to a kid? Yeah, I don't really know what that was about, but I'm sure they'll do something with it. I don't imagine they'll make more than a third Venom. I I mean, I can't see the third one just doing that when they have to eventually get to, you know, the whole uh, Clintar race and and the Null, (laughs) the god of symbiotes. (laughs) I was just going to say, I don't think that they'll get to that whole, like, expanded lore of the whole thing. Because I did read about that. And it's funny how, at first, it's just some random alien costume that conforms to the look of spider-man because it attached to him but now it's like they retroactively retcon that where this is just how symbiotes look like they're they're not mimicking spider-man's eyes on his mask that's just how their eyes always were oh don't forget that null has the fucking red spider on his symbol yes no no it's not a spider it's actually a dragon but venom's is more like a spider because spider-man whereas carnage has nothing right which is weird i can't no, none of the other children have spiders on them, right? Right, right. Phage, Lasher, all them, they don't have the spider either. Hybrid doesn't either, but, huh. Yeah. Anyway, they fucked up somewhere with continuity-wise. Like, that's on them. Another scene that I thought might have been a reference to the comic is that one where there's some woman being mugged in an alley, and then Venom goes down <laughs> yeah. to rescue her. Same oh, thing the purse one? The yeah. Where he's like, here you go. Pats her on the head. Yeah, and he, <laughs> and he just ends up freaking her out. Doesn't he eat her in the comics or like I always see that strip come along, but I never see the bottom where she's like screaming. No, he just goes away. Okay. Did you catch that one line Venom said when he said, uh, responsibility is for the mediocre? Oh, yeah. They get (laughs) Spider-Man. Yeah. I mean, my favorite line was obviously, you know, fuck this dude. Yeah. Fuck this guy. He had a lot of good lines. I thought Venom, as a character, was well portrayed in this. Like, he looked good. He sounded good. He was funny. Eddie tried to keep me in the closet. Oh, yeah. So, what are they trying to say with that? That they have a gay relationship with each other? I guess. But then he also says, I love Anne. Or, you know, maybe that's just Eddie's feelings rubbing off on him. It's it's hard to tell. Oh, my favorite. One of the other favorites was, you know, oh, he's like, talking about Anne's boyfriend. His name's Dan, right? Yeah, Dan. Yeah. Oh, Dan, he's a good guy. Definitely was a hindrance, though. Like, we definitely could have done without him. Yeah, I like Dan, but he was definitely in the way. We didn't need him. <laughs> uh, I like the way things looked in general. I thought Carnage looked pretty good. I want to know why he was so fucking big at the end. I guess, I don't know, the more he kept eating, the bigger he got. Like, when he eats the uh, the priest, he says, power up. But then he just starts taking over everything. Like, he's taking over the entire chapel. I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah, they just seem to be able to morph into whatever they want. But you know what I don't like? And this is minor, like a minor complaint. They don't actually become the clothing like they do in the comics. Like, it was always, oh, that he is the suit. Or in the comic, you see, uh, okay, I can morph into civilian clothing now. 
but here it's just they're like coming out of their clothing or they're on top of it like whenever you see eddie morph into venom it's like venom morphing over him but when you see cletus morphing into carnage he morphs into carnage it doesn't look like it's a suit going over him i mean i think that was more of a reference to the blood thing like carnage is in cletus's blood whereas you know eddie and vintage or venom are just symbiotic with each other yeah i think venom's more like nanites and cletus is more like it's his blood turning into carnage <laughs> i don't know if you saw no time to die but no th- they kind of blur that line between nanites and things inside the blood i won't say any more than that i would say is it like that uh, fast and the furious movie hobbs and shaw i don't know i didn't see that neither did i <laughs> never will <laughs> But, uh, I mean, you know, killing off Carnage so early in the Venom... I mean, yeah, obviously, there's going to be three movies, and that's about it. You can't have Carnage running around. But it also, you know, like, what's the next threat? Eddie and Venom are kind of like that uh, that hero that evolves from their threats. And without really having Carnage there to challenge them, what's what's next? Yeah, I don't know. I was thinking maybe Spidey. the whole aspect of wherever their home world is will come back into play. Yeah. Because that's how it started. Maybe Venom 3 will be the Venomverse. Oh, or that. It's either going to be with Spider-Man or something Venomverse or the Clintar Null thing. They'll never do that. Topher Grace comes back. Yeah, Topher Grace. Yeah, have him be the bad guy. He didn't actually blow up in that goblin bomb. He was simply sent to another universe. Well, I mean, it is the multiverse. Who knows? Yeah, anything's possible now. If it's cool, you do it. I guess overall, I liked Venom too, And I liked Woody Harrelson as Cletus Cassidy. Although I still think they could have done better with his characterization. Yeah, his his script was kind of weak. They they focused too much on him wanting connections rather than him wanting chaos and destruction. Yeah, I guess they had to make a decision on how to play it out, and that's what they went with, but whatever. The, really, the stars are Eddie and Venom. Yeah. Speaking of, do you want to try to dissect that uh, end credit scene? So, you see them on the island... And all of a sudden, Venom is like, hey, did you know that I have knowledge from many eons of existence from across universes? Oh, no. Remember, they weren't on the island. And, like, they ended the movie on the island. But when they picked up, they're, like, in China or something. Really? I thought they were still on it, just, like, inside somewhere. They were, like, the outside scenery looked like like a shitty Chinatown, kind of. Oh, okay. And then they wake up in that beach hut. Mm Mm-hmm. Which made me wonder where the fuck the end of the movie takes place. I don't know, but he mentions knowledge across universes, and it's like, okay. He's like, let me show you some a small piece of what I know. And then as soon as he does that, there's like a light that flashes outside outside their door, and they're like, the fuck was that? Yeah, the fact that Venom even didn't know what was going on, it, it means Venom didn't transport them there. Yeah, I don't even think he did any... Like, knowledge sharing in that moment. I think he was just distracted suddenly. It was fucking strange. I think the only only reason that they put that line in there was to hear him say the word universe is plural. And it's like, ah, I know where this is going. Yes, I don't know. Maybe Venom will have a cameo in No Way Home. I don't expect that to happen at all. But I think... I think post-credits. There will either be a crossover movie, which is weird to say because Venom is a Spider-Man character. But there will either be... I think a separate Spider-Man versus Venom or something, or maybe they'll team up and fight somebody else, and we'll have a Dawn of Justice. Don't don't say the versus part because the versus part will make it team up at the end. They'll be like, "Oh no, we have to fight this person." Yeah, it's exactly what will happen. Kong versus Godzilla. Yeah, Kong versus Godzilla, Batman v Superman. It's all the rage these days. <laughs> I would just name it Spider-Man and Venom. Yeah, well, we're definitely not going to have Maximum Carnage now. I mean, we still can. Another Cletus. Yeah, especially wherever. Uh, you know, Tom Holland ends up at the end of No Way Home, considering everyone's talking about this being his last movie, when he still has another team-up movie for the MCU that he has to do. Hmm. And Venom will join. (laughs) (laughs) Venom joins the Secret Avengers. Yeah, was it the Secret Avengers or the Dark Avengers? Or was it the Thunderbolts? Uh, I mean, 
the Mac Gargan one was in the Dark Avengers, but the ah. Tom, the Flash Thompson one was in Captain's Captain America's uh, Secret Avengers. Oh, who? Oh, he was also in Thunderbolts, though, wasn't he? Uh, he might have been. I can't. I just remember Red Hulk, Elektra, Deadpool, and all them in the last run. Yeah, and Punisher, but his skull is red. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I guess that's all I had about Venom, uh, Halloween. Oh, yeah, yeah, one thing I forgot is that if they do make any movies after Halloween ends, it should just be Halloween versus. Just have him fight other <laughs> horror movie things. Like, my idea oh, was... Oh, no, you're asking for... You're asking for Freddy versus Jason versus Michael. Yes. You know you know what I want? I want Halloween versus Jaws. Have him show up in Cape Cod <laughs> and the killer shark is back, and then Michael Myers has to fight a fucking shark. Why? Because why not? <laughs> Jaws wasn't even doing anything wrong. Jaws was just a shark. It's wrong place at the wrong time. Like, no, Chucky versus Michael. Yeah, you can have that one too. Chucky just goes to fight him and Michael just starts smashing his face into the ground. <laughs> Chucky just jumps jo- uh, doll to doll to doll to doll. See, and it's perfect to have Michael as the protagonist of that series because he never dies. So he could be defeated, but he'll just come back. Although I guess they all do that. <laughs> I was going to say, that's just Jason and Freddy. Yeah. And Pinhead and all of them. Scream. There's always somebody new. Saw. I mean, Scream's not always the same person, though. Yeah, that's yeah. the only... Scream is just a mask for so- for uh, psychopaths yep. to take on. What if in the next Scream, he takes off the mask and it's just Michael Myers? And then he puts on the other mask. <laughs> you know, it'd be one fun team up. Well, at least one fun film. Hmm. Halloween versus Evil Dead. Yes. Anything with Evil Dead is just automatically made better. Like Ash just has to fight all of them. Yeah, or maybe they'll explain that uh, his powers come from the Necronomicon. <laughs> Make it happen. Bruce Campbell, you listening? Yeah, Hollywood. Get him on that. <laughs> Hollywood, you have no more. You have tons of money and you have no new ideas. Just do that. Yeah. Well, we have free ideas for you. You don't even need money. Use them. (laughs) Well, there you have it. So, happy Halloween, everyone. Happy Halloween, ladies. Happy Halloween, Michael. If you'd like, you could follow us on Spotify, uh, YouTube. I mean, it doesn't really get posted there that much, but, you know, follow us on Spotify. All of our links are available on utterlynonsense.com. And, you know, anywhere else you normally get your podcasts from. And if you're going out on this Halloween night, watch your back, because he might be there. Waiting for you. <laughs> <laughs> Keep it music, play us out.